0: Hello everybody and welcome back to WCAT The Den. I'm Ethan. I am Matthew. And what are we doing? Talking about sports. Yep, this is our ninth episode of Just Talking About Sports. We've got it running, doing very, very well. People liking it, so we're going to continue doing it. So. Yes, sir. And just a warning, I am indeed sick, so my voice may be a little muffled throughout this podcast. But wah,
1: wah, wah. No,
0: thank you for that one. But... You're welcome. <laughs> But bear with me as we continue this and start off. We had a longer weekend, so we got more to talk about, and it mm-hmm. actually happened to be a bigger we- bigger weekend, especially in the NBA. It was All Star Weekend in Chicago, so I didn't get to go out there, but it was such a still a huge and a succe- very successful event. And we're gonna start off on Friday, which was the All Star Celebrity Game. How how do you believe that went?
1: <laughs> that was really fun to watch because like there's a four point line in the celebrity games, which you don't have obviously in the NBA, otherwise it'd be. Steph Curry would be scoring like 60 points a game. But, I mean, you got the four point line out there. You got Spice Adams, who you've probably seen on your TikTok and uh, Twitter filters multiple times, feeds multiple times, excuse me. And then you've got Stephen A. coaching. (laughs) And on first take this morning, he basically was hammered in multiple different directions. But he drafted horribly. Um, What they did at halftime this year, which I think is so awesome, is you got to pick a former star player. Who had retired, and really? they would play the entire third quarter for you. So, and whoever ended and whoever ended up uh, deciding that Nate Robinson would be the right choice for Stephen A. Uh, yeah, no, that, that did not help things. <laughs> but what Wilbon did, because everybody there is rather short, right? How about bringing in Horace Grant? How about and he scored like twenty points in the third quarter? He carried the entire <laughs> This is what happens when you have a six foot ten guy who. You, you just can't stop in the paint Against pain. all
0: your average Joes in a celebrity 54
1: game. 54-year-old Horace Grant balling out there with some of the best. Quavo played well. Common Common had a big weekend. I mean, yeah. a celebrity game. We'll get to the slam dunk contest, highway robbery, in a second. And then um, he was the speech he had on Sunday before the game was incredible. So Common had a big weekend. He also won celebrity game MVP. Ronnie 2K from NBA 2K, he went out there and played like garbage, just as the game is. Oh. Um, <laughs>
0: 2K Shots right there. 2K Shots
1: right there. Uh, Spice Adams, I think I just said his name already. Yeah. He's, he's really fun to watch. Um, Who else? I? I don't think I'm missing anybody else important. A lot of old people.
0: Yeah, a lot, a lot of old people in that many, most people won't recognize. only people you missed was Chancellor Rapper playing oh, that game.
1: Chance, oh, see, this is what's. The trance did nothing. He played like
0: garbage. Yeah, he, he and he was one of their captains, I believe, for and their he's team. He's garbage. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't do much. And another person I forgot to remember is that uh, Guy Fury was Stephen A. Smith's assistant oh my, coach. Yes, that was incredible. Which the, between the two of those guys, those are like polar opposites. So it was like hilarious to see both of them yeah, it was. in the same building at mm-hmm. the same time, trying to coach. Their players like Quavo and all them, but <laughs> Stephen A
1: learned real quick that uh, if he wants to be able to be involved in this thing next year, he might want to actually have to play, because <laughs> the coaching skills ain't working. Because I don't think he drew up a play. Wilbon was actually drawing plays. That was the other coach, by the way. Mike Wilbon, un- unbelievable journalist, Northwestern grad. Anyway. um... Yeah, Stephen A should play. That'd be fun. I want to watch Stephen A brick a couple threes, don't you?
0: Or fours. Well, I mean, he he splashed a three, and they got it on camera. They uh, it was all over ESPN, and he was like talking smack how he's actually able to hit a three.
1: <laughs> he's not able to but, hit a three. It's uh, yeah, just, it's 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 bad. It's ugly. His jump shot's worse than mine. I look, oh, God. Uh, actually, uh, I don't know about that. You're you're a witness. It's pretty garbage. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun to watch.
0: Yeah, Celebrity Game. Wilbon ended up taking that one, probably destroying a Stephen yeah. A. Smith.
1: This is what happens when you draft Horace Grant over Nate Robbins to Stephen A.
0: Yeah. And then also, I mean, Celebrity Game was fun to watch, but not only was or the thing that overtook it overall was the uh, Rising Stars game because that was a great game to watch.
1: Watch the whole thing um, because I was also really bored on Friday. But on a side note, the the USA versus the world in most years – it's just not fair. I mean, I mean, am I wrong? Because if you look at the USA talents, Zion Williamson, Luca, uh, no, not Luca, sorry, Zion, Trey, John Morant. Really, really, you're gonna try and beat that? And then I mean, <laughs> you got Luca and Canadians. Yeah, a bunch of Canadians. Shea Gildas Alexander, Alexander, Brandon Clark, Barnett. But uh, Barnett, who is Barnett? Oh God, Barnett! Oh, R.J. Barrett. Man. Excuse me. Jesus. Okay. I can't read. It's okay. Uh, R.J. It's okay. R.J. Barrett and DeAndre Uh-oh. Ayton. And Rui Hachimura. DeAndre Ayton had to pull out due to an injury. Oh yeah. Uh, Rui Hachimura. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the kid from Japan, people. Um. Yeah. So they
0: they were kind of set up for failure.
1: <laughs> they were up by a ton at halftime, and then uh, Zion decided, yeah, let's bend some rims. That was fun That was very interesting To watch
0: Zion went from A great lob From Ja Morant Absolutely took the house Down with it
1: Bringing it back To the um, AAU days Back when they were In high school Um, Zion And then the last Two minutes of the game Were by far the best part Before we get to the Zion thing They went to a Pretty much Did their little Two minute dunk contest Which was probably better Than the actual dunk contest Um, With Brandon Clark From Canada And the world And uh Luka Doncic got a dunk in. We had Zion and John ja Morant go at it.
0: Yeah, and I think one of my favorite parts too was when uh, at the very end of the second or the first half was when uh, Trey. Luca, no, it was actually Luca. Luca took Luca? the Luca took the half court shot, and Trey was standing right next to him. The two, as soon as Luca let go of the ball, Trey and Luca stood right next to each other, oh, smiles yeah. on their faces, trying to see if it'll go in, and ends up going in. And they were hyped about it. Trey Young was like in disbelief as both of them were just laughing. Everyone started cheering. Definitely a cool and wholesome moment for those two guys.
1: It was a great shot by Luca, but And then Trey hit one in the third quarter, too. He did? Trey hit a half-court third-quarter third, uh, buzzer beater, and then the two of them went at it again. Of course. Those, those two are – I just imagine – remember, these two were literally traded straight up for each other on draft night back in 2000 and – I'm really bad with years – 2018. So I think that's right. I think so, too. Um – those two have a big connection. Um, yeah, and then you got John Zion. Those two dominated. Excuse me. We're all kind of catching colds over here. Um, Luca was could not shoot well at all. In the second half, at least. Yeah, in the second half, the half-court shot was the highlight. But really, <laughs> uh, MVP was Miles Bridges. And for those of you, probably like Ethan, who don't know who Miles Bridges is, and he's nodding his head, um... He is a small forward on the Hornets, and if raise your hand if you have any interest to watch the Hornets. No, no hands are up in the air, um, unless you're from Charlotte. And if you're watching from <laughs> Charlotte, go Hornets, Buzz City. But you know Miles Bridges played excellent, and they won MVP. And did you really expect us to lose? If they would have lost. No. It would have been a story. They won. It was expected. One hundred fifty-one
0: to one hundred thirty-one.
1: Welcome to All Star Game defense, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and, uh, it's we, garbage. We've got to also mention the other score, the, the celebrity game. Uh, w- Wilbon won 62 to 47. If you really care, which is count, like well, e- less than half of it. The
1: <laughs> they are so like
0: of the rising stars game, which I mean right. they're not all stars, but come on, at it's least bad. try and score half of the <laughs> NBA I, players' points.
1: I mean, Horace Grant, to give you just an idea, dropped um, all but four of Wilbon's points in the third quarter. And he—he he what did he only score sixty-two? I think so. <laughs> the moment you realize your leading scorer played eight minutes. Um, that's sad. That that is really sad when you think about it. That was both Friday night was a nice night. No controversy. Uh, no really big issues. Was anything good start to All Star Weekend before we had, in my opinion, what is probably the most popular part of All Star Weekend.
0: Yeah, so. Saturday night. Saturday night skills competition, dunk contest, and the three-point contest. All things that people love watching and keeping attention to. We'll we'll start off with the skills competition because that, we'll go go in chronological order if you feel like it. So
1: skills challenge, three-point contest, dunk contest?
0: Yep, we'll go skills, start off with the skills. If you don't know what the skills is, it's, I believe it's eight players. Yeah, eight players, Mm. they all, all, yeah, eight-person bracket. They go one-on-one against each other in a, skills competition where they got to dribble pat through people they got to hit a layup they got to pass it into a little hoop which some of the NBA players actually struggled with and then they got to after the layup they have to run One down point. and hit a three which surprisingly once once we get to it uh, the last two people were probably very unexpected for their size as it was actually a four big man what is it like the top four were all big big men who usually aren't the ones that are able to make those threes except
1: for Middleton right except, yeah except for Middleton Middleton Sabonis, I'm gonna guess. Middleton Sabonis, Bam and Siakam, right?
0: Yep, those those four. But yeah, not not to dismiss the other guys. Uh, Patrick Beverly from Garbage. Chicago. Obviously, he wanted to get in here, get Garbage. some respect for Chicago. He didn't. He did terrible. He couldn't make the pass for anything. They also had Middle Earth. Yeah, they had the uh, Dinwiddie from Brooklyn. They had Who had one before? Yeah, he had one before, and so did Brook or Jason Tatum. Excuse me. He won last year's competition. Got out and the, got
1: smoked by Sabonis. Yeah,
0: Sabonis, which is surprising. I and had then, Sabonis going pretty far. Yeah, he he had he was doing pretty well. And then from the Oklahoma City Thunder, I don't Shay remember his, Gildas Alexander. There you go. Couldn't remember his name. But those guys got out pretty early. Then it was up to the four big men, and ended up going into the finals, where it was Bam versus Sabonis, of all people. <laughs> and that was interesting. yes both of them made it they were they didn't miss a single pass which other all the other NBA players struggled with and then a I it was very close uh I believe Sabonis got an early lead but then he couldn't hit the three and then Bam ended up walking up and I believe hitting his second three is both of them were third struggling. third three they were launching balls up and right they almost ran out of balls <laughs> in the championship of that skills competition but Bam of all people won it he got to take home his trophy and put something else on his resume to surprise some people because not many people knew that he could be able to do stuff like this.
1: Here's your positive fun fact of the day. Bam, before the All-Star weekend, it hit one three-point shot this season. He hit three three-point shots in the entire skills contest. Um, and also, 2K gave him limitless range, which is also why we start we stopped talking about 2K. Anyway, um, this was an incredible contest. And it always is every year. It's just it's a little thing to get you warmed up. But with all the crazy upsets, like Tatum against Sabonis, everybody's like, all right, well, let's watch how quickly this ends. It ended quickly, just not the way you thought. Yes. Um, Patrick Beverly, apparently point guards aren't allowed to pass anymore, as (laughs) evident by that. All the point point guards. That was garbage. Dinwiddie did absolutely trash. Um, Shea couldn't make a pass. Uh, Explain something for me here that I can't understand. Maybe you can't explain it either. How centers and point guards have just completely changed in recent years. Like – Point guards a- used to be that pass-first guy to get it to your dominant scoring centers, where nowadays it's your centers pass it out to your sc- to your dominant scoring Well, guards. it's
0: all because of the change of the NBA's like strategy-wise. All, most, if not all, the teams are focused on the three-point line ever since Steph Curry got into the league and started blasting it from three, and the Warriors had such, such success. All the coaches and the rest of the team started to realize they need to give it to these three-point shooters because they're scoring more. And as we've seen, a big change in the NBA overall—they've been higher, high, like super, super high-scoring games. The average has gone up; it's skyrocketed. Teams are scoring more and more points, and that's because they're shooting and they're actually able to hit it from three because people are getting a lot, a lot better at shooting from threes. That's why once we get to the three-point contest, that was very, very fun to watch too. Mm Mm-hmm. But we'll start. We'll go. We'll go away from the skills competition. We'll start with another big thing, which was the dunk contest. That uh-huh. I believe Posner has a lot to say about that.
1: Yeah, actually, I received a phone call this morning. Uh, it was for a 911 call. It was from Aaron Gordon. Uh, he claimed there he had been robbed, and uh, I think so too. Uh, he was said the person of interest was a guy named Derek Jones. Anyway, this contest. I'll start us from the beginning for those of you who didn't watch. You had four competitors. 85-year-old Dwight Howard. Uh, Pat Connaughton <laughs> I give Dwight Howard a hard time I apologize Dwight Pat Connaughton White guy um, That's all you need to know about him Yes uh, Derek Jones Jr. Most explosive athlete Probably in the NBA I'm not joking about that And Aaron Gordon A man who knows what it's like To be robbed Because he did in 2016 To get in Zach Levine Sorry Chicago fans He did um, He didn't deserve to win that one This contest started With a Dwight Howard lame dunk So you already knew By that point he was dead then Pat Conton decided to jump over somebody, and uh, that vertical was evident. Derrick Jones Jr. and Aaron Gordon decided to go try hard on the first dunk. Then Dwight Howard decided to bring Superman. The Kobe tribute he did on the front of his jersey on the amazing. Superman thing was amazing. Amazing. I think that's why he got a 50. But that was amazing. He didn't make it, though, because he did terrible in the first round. Pat Connaughton jumped over Giannis (laughs) and still didn't move on. White man can
0: jump, too. White man
1: can jump, too. And then Derek Jones decided uh, Giannis was not good enough a target, so he decided to jump over his own teammate, Bam, out of bio. He also needed, like, a 10-second run-up. And then we had Mr. Aaron Gordon, who decided that reverse dunks weren't enough, so he decided to go through the legs and then reverse it. So that's 100 on your first two dunks. Uh, Dwight Howard's first dunk was really lame. Uh, I think I said that already, but I had to say it again because it was garbage. Um, Aaron Gordon was just jumping over everybody. The whole contest. It came down to two people. He showed me some of the videos because I forgot. Uh, Aaron Gordon jumped over almost everybody. Derek Jones Jr. continued to do aerial acrobatics, and it was tied. And I'll start here. When it was constant 50s by everybody, why do you not just finish it in a tie? They were both doing so well, you could have just ended it on that. But no, we got to keep going for the... For what What do you want to call it? The, uh,
0: for, the su- for, the, for the trophy. For, for, the, the for, the tro- for the viewers. Survivor of the fizzit. For the ratings.
1: The <laughs> um, so we got Derek Jones who went with the free throw or the quote-unquote free throw because it failed. Dunk, he got a 48. Aaron Gordon had just needed to do something that would be very similar to his first couple rounds. He was looking at Shaq and asked if he could dunk over Shaq. Shaq's like, oh, he- heck no. Oh, I say myself again. And then we have. And then he looks in the crowd. He, this My was not planned. Goodness. And then he sees the guy that's taller than everybody. He goes, Hey, Taco. For those of you who don't know, he's seven foot five, Taco Fall. He's a center plate in UCF and almost beat Duke last year in the March Manus tournament. There you go. There's your ran. And he's went, Hey, can I dunk go for you? And he's just looking at him like I, How okay? are you gonna do, how are you um, gonna do that? <laughs> and so he has he just jumps straight over him. Yes. He does touch him on the way down. On the way down, he completely cleared him on the way. I didn't use him to help to help him get leverage. Just jumped, jumped over a seven foot five man. Seven foot five.
0: I have never seen anyone do that ever in my life.
1: But greatest dunk I've ever seen in dunk contest history he gets a forty-seven. I'm sorry, what? I'm sitting here like, oh, wow, what a great dunk contest. Aaron Gordon totally deserves a victory. And then I see Dwayne Wade decides that he only wants a Heat person to win the contest. Sorry, I, I, Dwayne Wade, There's I some, lost yeah. all my respect for Dwayne Wade this weekend. All of it. For those of you who don't know, he gave Derek Jones first dunk, which was not even that good. It was, it was, it was an attempt
0: at Michael Jordan's like, super far jump, and he took a huge step in front of the line. It was supposed to be a windmill dunk, kind of like that. And it wasn't even that good, and he gave it a high score, higher score than jumping over a 7-foot man.
1: Seven foot five,
0: or seven foot five. I mean, my like, that—that's where things. I mean, I'm. A I'm big, not gonna say every yeah. anybody
1: else because I blame it all on Dwayne Wade. Because you give a ten to Derek Jones because he's a member of the Miami Heat, which is where he played for majority of his career. Then for Aaron Gordon, gives him a nine, a nine for jumping over somebody who is in inches, eighty nine inches tall. You wish you were that tall, so you're jealous, aren't you, Dwayne Wade? Only, only a measly seventy six inches, loser. Sorry, I'm, I'm still ranting. Yeah. I'm,
0: I was always I I attempting to say before you interrupted me, but... Uh, oh, I'm,
1: so, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was
0: saying I'm a big conspiracy theory person, as oh. I love I love watching all those, and I, we, we really, at least me personally, after watching some of the things that came out after it, is I really believe it was rigged uh, after seeing, like, since Dwayne Wade was doing it. And if you saw the reactions from the people after they did it, Common, they all instantly, as soon as, like, it came up, they instantly looked at Dwayne Wade and gave him, a, like, a blank stare. It was, was Scotty Pippen and Common who were the ones that gave him a 9, Plus Dwayne Wade, those are the three people that gave it a nine. The two, Common and Scottie Pippen, both instantly looked at Dwayne Wade and gave him a like a weird stare. And that's why, like, I'm putting some questions up. Uh, Anyone with a smart mind, anyone with logic, kind of throws some red flags or something like that. They, that's that's. I mean, there's there's been proof that it was rigged in the later, like in the past, but. Now that, like, this is shown, I mean, it's just another book inside the bookshelf. It's just proving more and more that it, some t- it may be rigged because – I don't know. I just I, – I believe it's rigged after watching that, and that's all I got to say.
1: I, I don't <laughs> know if it's necessarily rigged. I just think they need to get better judges. Yes.
0: Because <laughs> everyone else in the stadium thought ex- especially different, exponentially yeah. different. But.
1: Well, then, well, again – I still kind of blame Common and Scotty because why are you giving him a nine and even leaving it in Dwayne Wade's hands to do anything anyway? Give him a 10. Don't look at him like, whoa, yo, what did you do? He did the same thing you did. You could have just given him a 10, not had to put it in Dwayne Wade's hands. You could have just had a 10, a 10, a 10, a 10, and a nine. And then like, and then look, still have Dwayne Wade look like a fool, but at least he wins. And I don't want this to take away from Derek Jones because what he did was still incredible at, uh, that night, right? I don't think we can take that away from him. I think it should have been a tie. I think they didn't have two trophies. Yeah, It, it should have been a tie. It would have been a perfect way to finish things on what was a great night.
0: Yeah. But in my opinion, that was the only – or at least one of the two controversies that we had the entire All-Star weekend. But other than that, it went very, very well. But other than that, we're going to move on to the last part on Saturday, which was the three-point contest. Kind of a more of a – I mean, at the start, a disappointment were uh, Trey Young. We had, we had a lot of great people in there, Zach Levine representing Chicago, Joe Harris. Uh, we had Devin Booker, who just got in into the All-Star game, I believe. He, he, he got to play. We had Buddy Heald. We had some bits from uh, Denner, or Duncan Robinson, excuse me. <laughs> we had a little bit of D- Devonte Graham. A lot of the great three-point shooters in the league, but the thing that was the di- biggest disappointment overall was Trey Young. I mean, he was—he's like known as one of the great three-point shooters overall. At like, so far in the entire league, he comes in the three-point contest and loses in the first round, just horrible. He drops
1: the worst score in a first round in nine years. Exactly. By anybody. I mean, but just wow. Prepare harder. Here's the, here's the thing with Trey Young, and it's it's just it's not just Trey Young. It's the whole thing with the three-point contest in general. Um, you know how many shots you have to chuck up in a minute and ten seconds? Um, I'm actually doing the math in my head right now. Twenty-seven. How many shots does Trey Young take per minute in real life? One. Yes. <laughs> it's not easy for somebody to just keep chucking up shot after shot after shot in a minute and ten seconds. It, it it's not clean because you don't really have enough time to think about your shot and where it's gonna go. You just gotta kind of check it up and hope it goes in. And I think that's where why the three point contest, I should say, is so unpredictable as to who can win, um, because it's not the best three point shooters. It's it really isn't the best three point shooters. It's it's more who like can the handle pr- the pressure.
0: Yeah, it's more like the people's opinion, but obviously as we watched the real three point shooters overall that we, we probably would have would have been easy to guess if besides Trey Young and Joe also Joe Harris Joe Harris couldn't make it that far but it ended up being in the final it was Devin Booker versus Buddy Hield both of those guys went absolutely off in, mm-hmm. in that in that final round i mean i believe Devin Booker finished with 26 26 yeah 26 he was that was that's a high score to beat and then Buddy Hield had to go second, so he went, shot, he was making everything, and then he just didn't miss on that very, very end. He just hit uh, shot after shot after shot, finished with 28, ended up hitting a game-winning shot there.
1: Yeah, I think it was, was it 27 or 28? I forget now. I think it was,
0: I'm watching the video right now. Oh, it was 27. On the last shot.
1: He needed to hit it to win it, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: he was, uh, he needed eight points to win. He got... Uh, what is it with a, In the final rack, which is the bonus rack Where you get the two points per shot And he made four of the five And on that last shot, swished it And Devin Booker ran right at him Gave him like a smile, like a hug His buddy healed, she, like smiled And that's the first trophy he's won in a while and, <laughs> Yeah, first time a success he's had in a while So to speak Yeah,
1: I mean, when you're on the Sacramento Kings And New Orleans Pelicans You're not really finding a lot of success there, are
0: you? Yeah, you're having a, a wee bit of struggles <laughs>
1: Yeah, no kidding um, buddy Hill just shot the lights out. He, Remember, you can place the bonus rack wherever you want. So being able to do that, and he placed it in the perfect spot. I mean, he had it in that one corner. He waited for the end, waited to get hot, and then put all of his faith in those final five basketballs, and he just shot it and made all of them. And that's how you're going to win this contest. You got to be able to shoot the ball well, catch fire at the right time, and just believe that the shot is going in every time. And those shots at the—oh, what do you think about the new uh, the Mountain Dew three-ball edition?
0: I think that's pretty interesting. I mean, it makes them show that their range—because, I mean, the three-point contest is a three-point contest, but it's kind of cool. I think it's, it's a great idea to make them shoot from even farther away because the way that these NBA players have been showing, they have limitless range, like literally limitless range. They UK could shoot range. from anywhere. <laughs> but like get, making them have to take a shot like that for three points, too— That Mountain Dew shot, that is huge if you want to be able to continue because it's three points and three points in a three-point contest where you only could win one or two points or go up by one or two points. Having a three-point, like being able to get six points total, that's like at least three of the bonus balls just between those two shots. So it's a big, big shot and that's a smart idea in my opinion. So it's even more high scoring and more shots in a less amount of time. Make them actually have to work to make those three points and get it in the time that they needed. So great addition in my opinion and Something to cool to look forward to in the next or the future three-point contests as they continue to add them. I would
1: agree with that. I don't really think there's anything else to add, except for the fact that we had Davis Bertans. Um, it's just interesting to see a big man <laughs> in these contests, right? Like you're so used to seeing the guards, and then you see the sharp shooting big, and he he was in the final two with Buddy Heald and Nevin Booker, and he played well. He scored 22 in the final round. Didn't really get a get ahead of steam going, and so. He almost won, though. I think a lot of people were rooting for him but didn't expect him to win because he's a big man.
0: A big guy from D.C. who not many people know. Like, I didn't know him. That's why, I, sorry for all the viewers, I did not n- mention his name because I did not know who he was. <laughs> or I, forgot, I forgot his name. So uh, great, to, great to hear that he actually made it that far, representing us big men.
1: Us <laughs> oh, <a> big men, as <laughs> he claims himself as a six foot six man. Um,
0: hey, I'm 6'6 six, six, six with shoes, apparently, as I stood next to I don't know if you people watch WCAT live. Make sure to tune in. There you go. I have the to plug. I, I have to give a quick shout out. I got to interview Max Christie, who may be one day in this NBA in the NBA. But I got to interview him, and every, I thought he was like six, 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 seven, because that's where they, he's what he's listed. I walk up and I stand right next to him, and I'm if not taller than him. <laughs> so got, if I if I'm as tall as a guy like him that might have NBA future hopes, I mean. Us big men, I got, I got, I got to take something. You got up, chances out of me. that. I got to take something for it. Take uh, some credit.
1: <laughs> before we head to the uh, three-point contest, the I know. The, sorry, the the Sunday game. There's some breaking news out of the NBA. Uh, Cavaliers coach John Beeline, he was former Michigan coach, took up for the big big uh, leagues in Cleveland. He's had some issues translating to the, um, to the big leagues, and the breaking news now is that he is. Expected to be out of the team facility by tomorrow evening. But walk away from the rest of the deal and the money. JB Bickerstaff, former Grizzlies coach, will become the new head coach for, for Cleveland right now. So B-line, halfway through his first season, will step away. Wow. Break breaking news. <laughs> breaking news hot off the press.
0: Yeah. It might be a little late for you guys. You might know already know about it, but if you don't. It's new to us, and that's why we gotta talk about it.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, this is what was the big problem: was that he did not um, work well with Kevin Love.
0: Yeah, and that entire like franchise was being surrounded around Kevin Love, and when you got that many problems in a a young rebuilding team, and he has been unable to really rebuild and get these guys motivated to help like the veterans and get people involved that make Kevin Love happy to stay here which there was some talks about him being traded the entire trade deadline so obviously you could tell that he was not happy where he was and yeah i don't think that the cavaliers are one of the worst teams in the entire league and yeah. as a re- rebuilding team i understand you're rebuilding but you want to have some shines of success in that team the way that he was coaching it not too, not too good
1: <laughs> yeah i i agree the lot of, the big issue here is with b line he is used to contending for a championship in March Madness every single year with Michigan. When he stepped up to the pro level, he knew that wasn't going to happen, and I think it didn't set in for him. It didn't. It didn't set in for him. He wasn't ready for the big, for the big leagues, and that is why play, uh, coaches such as, excuse me, Jim Kelly, Chip Kelly, not Jim Kelly, Chip Kelly from football, from the NFL, translated horribly. If Jim Harbaugh is ever to come back, I believe the same thing will happen. Anybody? Oh, Cliff Kingsbury right now is the big question mark. We'll wait to see how that works out for Arizona. Big
0: NF. We're we're switching sports, but. (laughs) I'm just
1: saying coaches in general. Yeah. Normally the transition to the big leagues is rough. Matt Rule, too, we'll see for the Giants. It's tough. Um, Igor Kakovsky, he was the one-year head coach for the Phoenix Suns last year. He translated from the Euro League to the NBA, and it just doesn't work.
0: Freddie Kitchens, I had to add him too.
1: Freddie Kitchens was from where again?
0: Browns, the Browns head coach. Oh
1: well, he well no, like he started as a quarterbacks coach. Oh, but still, right? And, and he's just terrible. Yes. Uh, just, you, anywhere you put a bad head coaches, Ben McAdoo, and Freddie Kitchens have to be thrown in there. Why are we switching sports? <laughs> um, but Beeline is out as Cleveland head coach. And, and we'll,
0: we'll, yeah, we'll get back on topic. We'll get back
1: on topic here with We're, the Sunday All Star game.
0: So it was a, a big, a big night as the, uh, Team LeBron versus Team Giannis squared off for the second year in a row. Uh, I believe some brand new starters compared to last year. Giannis had a, a lot of different people this year. They had uh, he had Embiid, Siakam, Walk, Kemba Walker, Trey Young as his starters. The entire
1: Eastern Conference. Yep. <laughs> and
0: then uh, LeBron had his usual. He had a, he had a pick AD. He had Doncic, he had Harden, and Kawhi, Leonard. The entire a, Western Conference. Yep, they they obviously like where they're from, so made pick their pick their own as you as usual. And a great, some of them are great players. I mean, not to mention people like uh, Jokic, who's a big fan yes, of sir. your guy. And well, I, there's so many I could keep talking about: Simmons, Sabonis, Chris Paul which we'll get Who to played,
1: Yeah, well I'll need to get to that in a minute.
0: We'll get to which Lula, Lula, Damian Lear was supposed to play, but luck, he got injured and lucky for Devin Booker he finally got into the All-Star game which was going to he was going to be the number guy, number one guy that was going to get robbed, but great to see that he actually made it and yeah. lucky for him that he actually made it. So, and then we had some other great players like on the other side, obviously had to have Middleton and Giannis on the same team. Obviously, uh, Giannis is going to be favorable for that. Of course. They had Donovan Mitchell, Adebayo, Butler, Go Bear.
1: Majority of the Eastern Conference.
0: Yes. <laughs> That's just the way it is.
1: Yeah, I think it tends to be every year. Mm-hmm. This this year, sorry, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Nope, I was, okay. let you go. So, we learned, I think, five things I'm going to try and list this All-Star weekend. One, the All-Star game, new, the new All-Star game format, which it, it was tended to be an honor for Kobe Bryant, works. Big time. The way the game finished could not have finished any better. It was a beautiful way to end. The twenty-four points to score at the end of the game was perfect. Each team were two and twenty-four. Um. Yeah, I mean
0: they, they played amazing. I mean, I got like as you give your sets, I got to give mine. I go mean, go for it, of course. With, uh, with all due respect, I mean, the All-Star game is, like, fun watching all the new players, but me being, like, the underdog person that I am, there were actually nine first-time NBA All-Stars in this game. So it's great. Really? Yes, there were nine brand-new ones. So great to see that there's plenty of brand-new young talent coming into this, all, like, coming into the league. And that's why I think that this league, and this, all, especially with this All-Star game, the NBA is regaining its popularity. It's gonna. It's on the rise right now with the way that, or the much success that they're having, and it's becoming more and more popular. People are liking it. Like this All Star game and this entire All Star weekend was a success, and having the games like what it was. I believe like I believe the score was one fifty five to one fifty seven. They obviously, with the if you don't know the rules, it was. I believe you play three quarters and then until you get to the fourth quarter you play to you add 24 points to your score and it's the first person to, to reach that amount so like say if they were a team was at like scored 100 points going into the third quarter they would have to score 124 points to win and for the visiting team if they're at like 98 points they also have to score 124 points to win and that was a great great format and it obviously showed as the fourth quarter was amazing. And I be, the final score was 157-155, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great, great finish. I mean, sucked how it had to end with a free throw. I mean, Anthony Davis ended up drawing a foul on, I believe, Kemba Walker? Lowry? It was either Lowry. Lowry. It was Lowry. Lowry drawed the foul on Anthony Davis in the paint as he was attempting to try and block him, even though he's humongous compared to him. Drew the foul, got Anthony Davis to the free-throw line. All he needed was one point, as it was 156 to 157, or 156 to 155, excuse me. And Anthony Davis missed the first free-throw, which gave everyone a heart attack. Thought it was going (laughs) to be even crazier. And then he ended up seeking the second one, and that ended that game, which, I mean, it's great to see that a Laker ended the game, but...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding.
0: For Kobe, but overall, it's just a great game. We got to see Chris Paul, which surprised everyone. Chris Paul drew, or... Slammed an alleyoop, which brought <laughs> gave everyone like a huge like facial expression like just surprised. Like I mean, apparently
1: sick. Chris Paul has more hops as he gets older.
0: Yeah, well, like I don't remember him ever dunking it. Uh, he game. never.
1: That was his first professional dunk. <laughs> um, and apparently, doing it two feet away from Giannis is a good way to do it. Um, also, too, Rudy Gobert has been the snub for so many years. Comes in this year, drops 21 points and 11 rebounds. Good for you, Rudy. Good for <laughs> the French you. The Frenchman finally gets his shining. Parlez-vous <laughs> Francais. He did really well. Kawhi dropped nine three, eight threes, eight or nine threes. Somebody do a fact check. Eight or nine threes on Kawhi. LeBron James did LeBron things. Giannis Antetokounmpo did Greek freak things. It was just a good day at the office. And also Harden made like one of his 80,000 shots.
0: Yeah, as I've always as hated
1: him. Harden, so you're going to hear a lot of ripping on Harden on this podcast. And if James Harden does eventually watch me one day and he wants to fight me on Twitter... Oh, boy. <laughs> um, He'll be we'll, here. We'll be besties. Because I'm not fighting Will you James take all Stone.
0: your statements back if you meet him?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'm too afraid. I'm too scared he can't.
0: Anyway! Yes. Um, <laughs> you have anything else to add about this All-Star game overall?
1: Uh, uh, this weekend was really fun to watch. Three-point contest, dunk contest, even though the controversy at the end, it was still awesome to watch all the dunks. Friday night was a good way to start it, and Sunday night was an awesome way to finish it. Well done, NBA. And
0: yeah, It's also a great thing. I was in Chicago. Sucks that me and you – I mean, I. I it sucks that I couldn't I'm not go spe- to it.
1: it. But no offense to the NBA, I'm not paying $1,000 for a ticket.
0: All you got to do is oh, – no, I have, like all the festivities downtown, I wish yeah. I could have gone. There was a ton of cool stuff. I know some of my friends got to do some, like – shooting contest there at Navy Pier. I know it was big. I know some YouTubers that I watched. Shout out to the 2Hype and all of them. I don't know if you still watch yeah, some I of them.
1: Yeah, wa- I still watch.
0: <laughs> I was watching them. They got to do a, cr- a bunch of cool stuff around Cal- Chicago. Kyle
1: Kuzma. They did a one-on-one with Kyle Kuzma. Yeah,
0: I got, got to see a lot of cool stuff that all of them got to do, but
1: it was an overall great weekend.
0: Very, very successful the NBA, and hopefully it will continue going to the rest of the NBA season and eventually the postseason, but... Stay Go tuned nuggets. And- woo! Oh,
1: woo. Denver Nation. Sorry, I had oh, to put You put it You put in all your Miami Dolphins oh. plugs. Oh, okay, okay, okay.
0: okay. Fine, fine, fine. But still great great job to NBA and we're going to move on. So, moving on to some more news unless you want to add something. Looks uh, like you.
1: We got we got Adam Schefter news. Oh, See? Well, we're we're rolling today. Greg Olson, as I think Johnny's right by the door. We got an NFL fan. Greg Olson is elite. We already knew he was leaving Carolina. Now he's signing with the
0: 49ers. No. Did I guess it?
1: Wrong r- wrong team, right count, uh, right division. Seattle. Seattle.
0: Wow.
1: I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know. After I mean, all, they have
0: I, no tight ends, so, I mean, they need Well, a tight Will end.
1: Disley, when he comes back from that horrific injury, might be able to do something. But
0: Having that veteran presence, though. That's huge for Seattle. That is
1: huge for Seattle, especially having a reliable target, because DK Metcalf is that deep threat for Seattle. But having a player like Greg Olson,
0: yeah, having a player like Greg Olson is definitely one of the better people you should be looking out for, and he, they should really, really help. But oh well, moving moving on, since we'll, we'll stick with football because there is still football going on. That's the XFL. Yes, sir. Week two of the XFL took off and. Lots of differences. We have not really talked about power rankings so far. We just talked about the introduction to the XFL There's and how they XFL did. XFL power rankings? There are XFL power rankings. So. Oh, no. Yes. Right, hold on. Hang on. I got such, it. Such a sad... We're
1: bringing in the mic Yeah. So, bit.
0: obviously, if you didn't watch, uh, the D- DC Defenders and the Roughnecks took another two... Or they both ended up winning. There's still... Only two teams are un- left undefeated after week two, which is already a crazy start, but... Uh, Roughnecks won a big game against the Battle Hawks. It was a one-on or one-and-zero versus a one-and-zero team. Those teams were going back and forth, especially towards the end of the game. It got pretty interesting, but uh, the Roughnecks ended up taking that game, and they're, they're looking pretty good.
1: They are, and especially that one kid. Uh, his name is P.J. Walker, right? Yes. He had that Mahomes little side throw going. He he's trying to bring in his inner Mahomes. And was that the first ever three-point conversion by one of those teams? And that was
0: the first ever three-point conversion. So. It,
1: it was just – I don't know how I feel about having a three-point conversion after a touchdown. What was the qualification for it again?
0: It's, I believe, at the 10-yard line. You have to do it from the 10-yard line, and you only have one chance to do it. So instead of just doing it at the – one yard is the one point, five yard is the two points, ten yards is the three points. And they There's were no able, kicker? There is no kicker. They completely got rid of the kicker. You don't know about that, yeah? Cra- crazy differences. They wanted to get rid of the extra point, force people to make things more interesting after the touchdown, and make it not make it just a forgettable thing as like in the NFL. Everyone just always thinks, oh, once they score a touchdown, it's just seven points or something like that. They want to.
1: That's not true when you have kickers like uh, Adam Vinatieri. But I mean, yeah. Who Ooh, just
0: shanked sorry. the?
1: <laughs> sorry, Vin- Sorry, Vinny. Still one of the greatest of all time.
0: <laughs> He's the greatest of all time. But the last season was a rough one for him as he was shanking those extra points. But
1: it was. Landry Jones clearly looked rusty for the Renegades.
0: Yeah. Cardale
1: Jones is still trying to well, build. His even though, th- you know, sorry, go ahead.
0: Yeah, even though Landry Jones did look rusty, he did lead them to a win, and they 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 that's they, true. Yeah, they were 0-1, ended up having a huge comeback game. The the best game of the week, obviously, was the Wildcats versus Renegades, as both teams were mm-hmm. combined for I believe at least 30 points in the fourth quarter, in the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. I believe like the five less five minutes of the fourth quarter. They were going back and forth, back and forth. It was very, very interesting to watch. And that's what I'm hoping to look forward to. It's There really haven't been many close games towards the end of the end of the game of these football games. And one, I'm, I'm just hoping for an overtime game because I want to see how cool that looks as I believe every other XFL or even just football fan in general has been waiting for because it's a very interesting rule and we haven't been able to see it because the scores have been all over the place and teams are looking right. to win instead of go to overtime. But eventually, hopefully, we'll see a... Team go to over go to overtime, but and yeah, we'll, we'll just be looking forward to that. But the thing I we, we skipped was that uh, we forgot to go over that number one team that they're listed overall by uh, Matt Nagashima. He has uh, DC Defenders, who they've looked like downright the top team right now.
1: They have, and I think it's because literally the name says defenders. But it's not just their defense; it's that a uh, dynamic offense with Cardell Jones. Cardale Jones, one of the only really main players that's played from the NFL and is, whose name is easily recognizable for most people. he played, He's played excellent, hasn't looked rusty, has been out there playing 110% every single game. Well, both the games, there's really only been two. They've really <laughs> – they've, they've strong showing. Haven't, I don't think their games have been competitive to this point. Dragons, they kick their butts, and then the Guardians decided not to show up. Oh, Matt McGloin. Yeah. Do we want to talk about that real quick? The guy who uh, had a little situation. (laughs) I mean, he literally just went out and said, this team sucks at halftime and basically... This is the thing. We talked about this last week. When you throw an interception, you get interviewed 20 seconds later. How as a player or as part of the NFL would you deal with that?
0: I don't like that personally, and I remember... I, like, I remember watching exactly what happened. He threw the interception, and the girl literally start like, the interviewer, I forgot her Diana name. Diana Rossini. Yeah, Diana She just sprinted up. It wasn't even 20 seconds. It was, like, five seconds after. There were still players running and celebrating. You could see the defenders celebrating in the background as she ran up and asked him the question. And McGloin didn't even answer the question. He, he just kind of, like, stuttered for a little bit and then walked away, which... Kind of, that's that's the only negative thing I've seen besides like slowly but surely regaining like as the XFL as a whole that's the only negative thing I've really seen from this is these, these interviews I personally don't like them and this is another reason why I don't like them and more proof of why they really should, cut should either cut them or just limit them in general I mean I liked when Pat McAfee was doing it because he made it pretty interesting with
1: Pat McAfee's a fun guy yeah
0: if they get more guys like him to do it I think it'll be fun to watch. But when you have people running up and asking questions after they throw interceptions like that, that's something that there should, there should be a rule where they can't do that or they, they can only do it on positive stuff. But they, XFL's got to definitely do something about that.
1: The other thing I wanted to point out, the NFL should really start to take notice of, is every single XFL game is available for free and is available on every on all, all the national channels that you should have. If you don't have them, you've you got some issues. Unless it's like Fox Sports One. Anyway, the XFL is free entertainment for NFL fans who like me and Ethan are crying in a corner because our Jaguars and Dolphins aren't playing football games. They haven't been since last decade. Woo. Ouch. It kinda of, it really sucks, trust it does me. Suck. Especially for all you Bears fans out there. How's it feel? Oh. Yeah, anyway. You've got the XFL. No no pays, no anything. You don't you just you watch it and you enjoy it. Then Ah, uh, Roger Goodell in the NFL. Who doesn't love paying three hundred and fifty something dollars a year for NFL Red Zone? Well, if you have Directv, if you don't have Directv, it's only five
0: dollars for me with Comcast. <laughs>
1: yeah, I have Directv. They're stingy <laughs> Nikes. Um, so I have to pay three hundred and fifty dollars. Wow! Yippee! The NFL should really start to take notice of that because if you want more viewers. Maybe have more nationally broadcasted games, and that's not even a joke. I think that's dead serious. It would be a beautiful marketing tool to have double. He- you know how they have like sometimes the occasional double headers on Fox and CBS yes. or whatever. How about have double headers on that all the time and make NBC your third major broadcasting station, not just for Sunday night, but in general. So you have three different games every Sunday at noon and three different games for the late games, unless there's only two. And then more money they're bringing in. So more money they're br- more money they're bringing in to have six nationally televised games during the day. And I know this is kind of the debatable one, but have ABC do start doing Sunday nights. It is debatable because of how long NBC has done it. Maybe flip NBC's the Sunday night and have ABC do the do the day and do day games and stuff. But it's
0: Sunday night football on NBC.
1: <laughs> right. So th- maybe maybe flip yeah flip flip that as and have ABC broadcast I said the exactly,
0: yeah, exact lyrics of that one of the greatest football songs. I
1: mean, come on. <laughs> it's, okay. I'm not saying Sunday I'm not, night football. football. <laughs> and then carry Underwood. whatever you're, it's just stuck in my head. It's, it's yep. Carrie underwood. And if it, it's not, I'm really I'm not in a good place. I'm almost play.
0: certain it's carry underwood.
1: Anyway, let's get back on topic with that. Yeah. The marketing tool though, should be more nationally broadcasted games. It should be. It's the best thing for the NFL to do because the XFL is getting money. They're getting the viewers which the AAF never got Yep No genuinely though Because that is exactly What they've done They've successfully been able to market Their their league Have every game nationally broadcasted And there's no like XFL game pass Or XFL Star pass Something, or <laughs> something like that Or pay me money pass Which is basically the NFL So I have no complaints over here with what the XFL has done. The only thing I have to say is, please stop the, post-game interv- the, the in-game interviews. In- in-game. <laughs> Not only that, I don't like the coaches being mic'd up because you know the plays they're going to run, and it just kind of ruins it. I want to learn for myself. I don't want the broadcasters telling me what they're doing. Don't it's don't like w- spoiler alert. <laughs> I
0: also don't need to hear 47, 47, carrot, 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 jump jack, jumping jack. Ric jack. <laughs> Ric Flair, Ric Flair. Rick Flair, it's like... I mean, it's it's cool for maybe the quarterback to say it, but we don't need to see it like to really hear it because
1: Jared Goff should be miked in the NFL.
0: <laughs> that means like more NFL. Or not, got NFL XFL teams are gonna know all the plays, and it's gonna be harder, and it's gonna turn into that a is whole Houston. The point, yeah. yeah, it's gonna turn into a whole Houston Astros situation. Oh, sh- really? <laughs> really?
1: Okay. I, it's
0: it's it's eventually gonna look like that. Mike Trout's also
1: gonna kick some butts on, on a side note. Yeah,
0: LeBron James also just threw some threw some shade at Houston on Twitter uh, just Oh, did he now,
1: really? Oh uh, well.
0: Yeah. It, oh, if you cheat, you cheat, and that's what happens. But.
1: All right, there was your five seconds of MLB news. Now we're done. We don't like baseball. We don't watch. Um, yeah,
0: but I, I, I got to say, we got we to gotta head back. We, we've been off topic, but or we, we we were talking about the power rankings, but we got a little off topic, oh, gave, God. Our, gave a little rants. But, I mean, the rest of the teams really weren't that much to talk about. The Wildcats, Guardians, and the Vipers, they all pretty much suck. I mean, the Guardians got, almost got – I believe they got shut out, or if not, like only scored three points in total in their game after winning a game, so – Kind of a disappointment there, but the rest of those teams, I mean, they're all disappointed. The Vipers absolutely suck. That's that's, that's just that. Well,
1: yeah, and, and when your only notable player is a druggie. Sorry, Antonio <laughs> Callaway. When, you're, when your only notable player is a druggie and your quarterback is pretty much just about as good as me, you got some
0: problems. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, it's not like they have any promising aspects. Is there a draft? Is there going to be, like, a draft next year? There might but That'd be interesting. Instead of just Might be in August, maybe,
0: when uh, all the players are getting signed on to the...
1: Hiring dudes off the street? Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll... you, Ocho Cinco, may, may want to try out again? <laughs> that would be awesome. Tom Brady!
0: <laughs> oh, no. He, no, Tom... there's there's no way he goes to the XFL.
1: That would honestly, though, be the greatest thing of all time.
0: There's some reports that Tim Tebow goes to the XFL, but we'll... we'll oh, s- please, T- we'll Tebow, s- come we'll on. We'll see what Tebow times got inside of him.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> Tebow time. Wow, oh. that, that's really bringing back Florida. Later memories. <laughs> Ooh, he was dominating back in the day. See, we get off topic a lot, but this is what makes our show so fun: is that it's authentic. We're not off a script. Nothing.
0: You get to enjoy all of us and all our opinions, and
1: and all of the Matthew Posner screaming into your mic twenty four seven, and you need to turn down your volume. Absolutely. <laughs> and he agrees because he also has the headphones on, and he can hear me do this.
0: Yes, but and it hurts. Yes, it does hurt, but, oh, I'm well, <laughs> as we are running actually out of time. Around, oh, no. Not, not like overall, but we, we got to do our usual thing as, once again, another week, another AP poll, as I like to say. and
1: We got four weeks to go. Yes. Uh, that is the most exciting part of all this. We only have four weeks to go. Four weeks from Sunday was is, uh, well, three weeks from this Sunday is selection sunday the greatest sunday apart from master sunday <laughs> apart from nfl sunday super bowl sunday apart from a lot of sundays but yes it's like my fourth favorite sunday oh
0: god you got some rankings for that but that's that's for another another
1: <laughs> hello guys it's matthew Pastor, top 10 sundays of the year all right <laughs> now i'm not feeling that
0: oh well but as we get more stay on topic is that's something we Sorry. obviously have not done really no we're, we're struggling as all podcasts we're gonna. Go go to the uh, AP poll week 16. Uh, top four teams this time, less than last week, stay un unscathed, unmoved. They are still the same. Baylor still holds number one. Gonzaga number two. Kansas number three, and San Diego State, the Aztecs are still undefeated at
1: and 26. still not moving up.
0: <laughs> I don't. There's there's going to be, as we say it every week, there's no really room to move up if, unless they beat. Oh a yeah, this team. week
1: there will be. Because when oh. when Baylor or Can- when Baylor or Kansas falls, oh, they yeah. play Saturday. Whichever one falls, San Diego State's picking up the slack for San Diego State to number three. Maybe next week we'll see. Maybe number two if Gonzaga has some issues because they are struggling. They're winning, but against Pepperdine and Pacific to win by single digits, you got some. You got you got some cleaning to do.
0: Yes, but overall, there's been some. Uh, there's been a lot more changes than last week. Or last week, Dayton moves up to number five. Opie Toppin just an absolute god. He's tearing down the rim. Every every giving him the
1: wooden award now? Yeah. I mean, get, really.
0: With every game, there's a new highlight of him filled on the March Madness thing. I mean, he, he's turning into a Zion of last year where he, anything he does and everything, everything he anything does... Anything and
1: everything is used as marketing tools.
0: ESPN just shoves it in our faces and we're like, oh, okay, thank you. I mean, it's not
1: as hype, but it's still, cause, it's still
0: hype. Yeah, just because he's from Dayton, one of the smaller schools, which... Or at least sm- I love my small. Divisions, I, love, I love my small. Divisions. You gotta love your small divisions. And- I love
1: the small divisions. I don't think if you don't love the small divisions, you don't. You don't. You don't, <laughs> don't love college basketball
0: yep and uh, actually this weekend my uh, uncle came in who's actually from Dayton Ohio
1: yeah yeah
0: he he came in talking to smack although he wasn't really he's not he's uh he went to Purdue so he likes talking mm. yeah he likes talking a lot of smack about Purdue but he's talking to all to his work friends since he works in Dayton he asked if he could join the bandwagon and they said it's free for him to join the bandwagon so he's been talking a lot of smack to me about how or about how great Dayton's been doing, and how I need to cover more or cover Dayton more in these podcasts since he does listen to them. But ah, oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, he says I should co- cover more of them. Shout out to him. Shout out to Uncle Rob. But <laughs>
1: uh, P.S. Uh, Dayton's not going far in the tournament, buddy. Oh, <laughs> oh we'll see. We'll see. spicy. We'll, we'll
0: see about that. We'll see about that one. I'll, I'll, here,
1: uh, here is my issue with Dayton. and I'm not saying that they're not a really good team. Don't get me wrong. When you only have one. Real true superstar You fall behind fast What what makes the teams like San Diego State Kansas And Baylor so good I'm not putting Gonzaga in that list And you'll find out why But San Diego State plays Unbelievable team defense They're literally just a brick wall You can't get over Kansas with Azabuki De- Devon Dotson uh, Savage D'Souza um, seriously, it's Savage now It's not Silvio, it's Savage He almost threw a chair at somebody Yes He though That that combo though is really, really solid You got the Baylor Bears, Freddie Gillespie at center Oh, who's the point guard? Oh my god, point guard blanking And Ethan I'm agrees about, Are you
0: talking about Gillespie from Villanova?
1: Uh, no, I think maybe I, Gle- um, I'm Gillespie not from Villanova? Uh, so yeah, Jared Butler The point guard for No, Freddie Gillespie He's the dude on Baylor, Freddie oh, Gillespie from okay. Baylor.
0: Jared Butler, two Gillespies is the
1: point guard. Yes, there's multiple Gillespies, and now uh, I can't say Gillespie. <laughs> Gillespie, Gillespie. Anyway, and then and then Gonzaga. I'm not including in that list because they are they're a good team. I don't know if they eclipse the great. I don't. I really don't know if they eclipse the great level of teams. Well, if there's any one seed right now that would go down to me, it's Gonzaga.
0: Oh, we'll, we'll see about that I mean, San Diego State really hasn't versed They've only versed one good team, I'm just saying That's, that's some shade at your San Diego State guys They're going to throw some shade at the other guys
1: Again, I get it I, I totally get it, and I know everybody's going to doubt San Diego State Just like everyone doubted Wofford And Loyola They only won one game I had Loyola, I had Loyola <laughs> in the Elite Eight, though, and you can't argue with that And yeah. so you, you, It's not always about the teams you play It's about the way you beat the teams you play and the way San Diego State has played, they haven't been. there's been no competition in the 26 games they've played all year. They've smoked everybody. So, yes, they're going to face harder competition come tournament time. But they're ready. They're battle-tested. They don't need to worry because the team they have right now is by far, in my opinion, the best defensive team in the country. And their offensive shortcomings might be an issue. But the way they play team defense when it comes to the end, is going to be impossible to stop, in my opinion.
0: Well, if you, if you haven't noticed that, so if the, if the standings stay the way they are right now, San Diego State would actually be number one in the East, and if you know who also would be in the East, they'd be Duke. And if they would look to go far, they would actually have to go up against Duke.
1: Duke chokes in the tournament every year.
0: I know, but I'm just saying Duke is definitely a different type of competition. that different they Different kind of dangerous. A different kind of dangerous they have versed all season long as a— I mean, they, Duke did almost lose to North Carolina, so I mean, come on, and Carol, North Carolina has been horrible. They just, that, dropped, that, yeah, they just that lost. Is, the...
1: That is pretty much the point I'm putting in there. Is yeah, Duke is for selling tickets for the best team in the country because they sell. But are they good? Uh, are are they great? They're good, but are they great? No, they're not. Um, and that's why they're in their bracket because San Diego State right now. Not on ESPN or whatever, but the net rankings, which ultimately end up deciding everything, they are the number one overall team, and there's a reason why. And so, if you put Duke on that side of the bracket in the Eastern in the Eastern side of things, it's not going to be an easy game. I'm not saying they're going to win by 20. Do they win by five, 10? Yeah. Because at this point, Duke is led by Trey Jones and Cash Stanley. They're good. They're not incredible. They're not top ten draft picks. Oh, we'll, we'll see about that, Mister. Uh, well, if you, I mean honestly, we'll, we'll remember your not. quotes later. But
0: well, you can en- enough about back the, out. yeah. Enough about this top six. I mean, number one, we got everyone. Everyone else has been basically moving up one spot, and you want to know why? Because there's a team called Louisville that uh, used to be really high up, and they are now on a two-game losing streak. Lost to Georgia Tech in Georgia Tech. Who, who? Georgia Tech? Of all teams, who? Yeah, and then they lost, I believe, a few days ago. They the lost cream by Clemson. By Clemson. Both those teams are unranked, and both of them are not, not the greatest teams overall. Don't think any of them are actually going to even make it to March Madness. But Clemson
1: might be on the bubble now after after
0: beating Duke and after yeah. beating Louisville. But Louisville dropping that far, I mean, that's that's a good idea. That's smart by them, and it's it's true because. If just as we've seen with all the other teams, I mean Auburn when they were up in the number fives, we've seen Louisville, we've seen teams like Florida State who were super super high. All of them, as soon, it just takes one week, as we've been saying, for one of the teams to just drop, and that's just it just so happens to be Louisville's unlucky weeks this week. I guess whatever they were feeding them this week was not the right option, and they must change their meal plans. But <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. they got to figure something out, as the the last thing you want to be is Cold headed into March Madness, in the last, especially the last few weeks, and especially into yeah. the tournaments where you got to make it into the March Madness. You got you got to figure they got to figure something out if they want to continue to be higher up there and get a better seed in this March Madness.
1: The last thing you want to have too is your star player to score a combined seven points in your last two games. Jordan Nuora, who has on the season been averaging around tw- uh, around 19 points, seven rebounds, two assists on 46% shooting from the field. In his last two games, he has dropped two and five points, respectively. They've been ki- and they've gotten killed, just straight-up killed. And it's no coincidence as to why. When you have your primary score, the man you can count on, the one-man wrecking crew in Louisville, play as garbage as he has recently, there is no, oh, how did this happen? It's because of him. If he doesn't start playing better... This Louisville team is going nowhere.
0: Absolutely. And then, obviously, Louisville is struggling, but another team that has been struggling is Seton Hall. Seton Hall just lost. They also, along with uh, Louisville, dropped six spots. They were at number 10, looking like they'd finally be the big team in the Big East and finally moving up. End up dropping two straight games, one to Creighton and one to Providence. Providence. So just like we said with Louisville, it's just not their week and Miles Powell wasn't doing as great as he's been the last, few, the last few weeks, and that is the reason why. Is that's what happens when it's, you're a one-man team. If, one, if the one-man team, the one guy on the one-man team struggles, things are going to go wrong.
1: This is the exact point I make every year when I make my brackets. One-man teams go nowhere, absolutely nowhere. You're not going to go anywhere. This is why I was talking about Dayton as an issue. It takes one game. For your star player Or you're really your your big guy Your one big guy To have a bad game You're not winning a game You're not going to win Especially in March Madness When you're playing teams like Creighton and Miles Powell Scores two That can't happen That's why you lose again Then you play Providence Providence is known as probably one of the two laughing stocks of the Big East And once again Who plays horrible No not Miles Powell um, But if you look at McKnight, Gill, and I—holy cow, that's a lot of letters in that last name. When your rest of your starting unit combines for less points than your other one player, Miles Powell had 27 in that game. The rest of their starters had a combined, if I can do math correctly, 21. That you—not yeah. acceptable, not not acceptable when your starters are only scoring 48 and one of those guys is scoring for more than half.
0: Not not good at all. This is
1: why I'm concerned. There's three teams that I think this year I'm crossing off my list quickly. Dayton, Louisville, Seton Hall. Well, we'll see about that, Mr. I, I'm just saying, I, I, I think that those three teams are in deep trouble unless they could find a secondary score in the next three weeks.
0: We'll, all right. I mean, whatever you say, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, whatever. we'll save our actual opinions until we do a full hour hour or more uh, breakdown of the entire bracket once once we get even closer to the Selection Sunday and whatnot. But for now, we're going to just continue to do overviews. I mean, some more big teams moving up. I mean, we obviously talked about Creighton. Creighton moved up eight spots. That is huge. For them. That's the, the biggest Crate. we've seen any team move up in the last two, three weeks. So I mean, they've been playing very well. Just beat two big teams like Seton Hall and I believe it was DePaul. It was DePaul. I mean, DePaul. It's, De, it's DePaul, but <laughs> still, still, they've been on a winning streak. They've been hot, and they deserve to be moving up. And they're doing great. And then hopping back up to quickly mention about Penn State. Penn State is now the second on, on the AP poll. They're second overall in the Big Ten, which is definitely unusual for Penn State they're actually up at nine they moved up four spots this week after many of the upper uh, teams at the top struggled but like we've said earlier with Penn State Penn State's got a very very tough schedule towards the end and we'll see if they'll be able to hold it out but moving and then going back to uh, what is it going back towards the uh, middle teams I have to bring up my Oregon well as my weekly thing of course I they've been playing outstanding they they had a tough matchup this week. It was a make-or-break make for their AP poll. They would have probably dropped out of the entire AP poll, in my opinion, if they ended up losing to Colorado, which is which Colorado is ranked. They were at 16, and Oregon was at I believe 17. But Oregon ended up winning. They Colorado went on a 20-to-nothing run. And in the first quarter, and Oregon was able to overcome it in the second half. Peyton Pridger went off along with some other bench players. Actually, six man. I oh God, I can't remember his name at the moment, but he came out dropped. Yeah, I, believe, I know who you're talking f- about. Fifteen points in the second half. Played absolutely great. And Oregon is on a two, I believe, three game winning streak. They've been, they've been, they've been regaining their where, their, where they were at. I believe in the in the earlier weeks when Richardson. they were. Richardson. Uh, there you go, Richardson. Thank you. They were up, regaining their. Strides and hopefully in my opinion As I am an Oregon fan hopefully they will continue To move up but I can't Really give all my opinions I'll save those Obviously until we do our March Madness and he stares at me because I've been giving <laughs>
1: Too many opinions yes I'm March just Madness. prepping you All for the best brackets and when you win like $20 in your March Madness pool Thank me later
0: mm-hmm but we're going to move on towards the 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 thing I've been really wanting to talk about or before we go into our obviously our Missouri Valley Conference yes, thing sir. the three brand new teams at the bottom who have mm-hmm. s- scooched their way up we got to talk about that starting off with BYU this is the first time they've been in the rankings all year long they're up to 23 they they moved up 3 spots 21 and 7 what are your thoughts
1: this is significant in a couple of ways one it becomes legitimate competition for Gonzaga because same conference, for those of you who don't know, BYU and Gonzaga are both in the West Coast Conference, the WCC. And this is really the first big competition that BYU has. Oh, sorry, that Gonzaga has had all really all year long. I mean, they really haven't had anybody else to compete with. And the second reason the way this is such a big deal is because LSU falls out of the rankings, an SEC team that could really help boost resumes for teams such as Kentucky, Auburn. And there's definitely one, some, one of the teams I'm missing in here. Kentucky. Oh, no, that's it. Wow, SEC is bad this year. Kentucky yeah. and Auburn. <laughs> those two teams, when you have a weaker conference now or a conference that will be looked at, the same as the West Coast Conference, you're not going to get high seeds in the tournament. You're just not. Auburn's probably staring a five or six seed down in the face. Kentucky, four or five tail end maybe. Of the, and LSU, scores. I
0: think, is the other team you forgot to mention. They might be at a yeah, eight or nine.
1: with LSU falling out. Yeah. Of the ranking, it's definitely significant for them. It is interesting to see BYU because I think they play Gonzaga here very soon, which is why this is such yes It'll, we'll Saturday
0: see. Saturday of course. So that be, I believe they probably put purposely put them in there, made it so obviously more viewers watch, but also because BYU we'll was the highest is. ranked
1: team that wasn't in last week that didn't lose. Really, A ton of teams last week that were at the top of the just out lost. Michigan State lost. Rhode Island got creamed by Dayton. And we'll touch on the one, the other one, which I was crying about, in a second. I wasn't actually crying. Um, but the Pac-12 is, I think, making a rebound. Last year was horrible. Now you've got three teams in the top 25. You have a couple of legitimate other teams that can get in with Utah, USC. Yeah, I think that's it there. But the, Pac- <laughs> the Pac-12 at least has more depth than the SEC. Never yeah. thought I'd be able to say that. Wow. I mean, yeah, really. The SEC has been garbage this year, and when you have – your third best team in the SEC, a uh, fourth best team in the SEC probably being Arkansas. That's, that's a problem. That, that's bad. That's, that's really oopsies. bad.
0: <laughs> I mean, Arizona, they've been, they have got the, one of the great players in. Nico uh, come, yeah. Manion. <laughs> there you go. Nico Mannion coming yeah. out of high school. Definitely one of the stars to watch, but as a theme of, uh, we've said, and over and over again, I will repeat it. One man teams don't last long. And I don't think this nope. Arizona team is going to last long. There's, a lot, a lot more players in this – a lot more teams, sorry, in this Pac-12 team that are actually tied, I believe, uh, conference-wise. Arizona's at, probably towards the bottom, I believe, in the Pac-12 as teams like Oregon, Colorado, I believe USC and UCLA are pro- are up there in the top, in the top of the rankings of the UCLA, Pac-12. UCLA, that's right. I yeah. forgot about UCLA. UCLA is up there too, but Arizona's not there. I'm surprised we're even here, but I guess they've been winning. I haven't been watching much of them. But they've been on, I guess, on a hot streak, and we'll see if they will be able to regain where they were at the in the earlier weeks when they were actually pretty high up in the rankings. Mm-hmm. But, but finally, I have to go on my little rant about how mad I am about oh how the heck Ohio State? Yep. Is, is Same on. thing over here. Why in the heck is Ohio State at number 25 when they have eight losses and they have seven just in play- conference? They're yeah. seven
1: and seven in conference. Really? No. Then you're telling me they deserve to be in there? like Over a team such as, and I'm kind of going to my small conferences, but SF Austin? I mean, look, the way that they have dominated their conference, they deserve some credit. A team like Texas Tech, yeah, they lost one game this week, but they're third in the Big 12, and they actually have a legitimate chance of winning their conference.
0: Where you go to Ohio State. What has Ohio State done to make people proud? What, what has Ohio State done to do anything to make Nothing. them look good? Nothing. And now they're that, now they're higher ranked than our than our Rutgers and our Illinois. I mean Illinois. Ever since Tusuma got injured, they're not gonna they're not gonna be looking good at all. They're gonna be
1: they'll make tournament, but uh, uh, will they make tournament?
0: We'll, we'll see. I mean,
1: it's gonna be close. It, it, <laughs> I think maybe first four will be their expectation at this point. Yeah, Rutgers is fine. Illinois is gonna continue to tumble.
0: Michigan and Michigan State are also right on the bubble too. Yeah. Which, if I, in my opinion, I probably would have put Michigan State above Ohio State. I don't know what these people are thinking, putting Ohio Ugh. State. Putting we we
1: we should not give credit to Michigan State for beating a beaten up Illinois team. We really and blowing that lead that they had too. Yeah. I mean, so I in that in that there I wouldn't put Michigan State very high.
0: Hey, but I mean, if you look at the coaching rankings, they actually have Michigan State at. 25. And then again, they have Ohio State at 24. But these are still. also the coaches. Um, yes. I still believe that Michigan State should be higher, but Ohio State, I'm tired of it. I don't like them. I don't think they should be there. Nobody
1: likes Ohio State unless you live in Ohio or what? you go to the college.
0: <laughs> yep. But oh well, we're going to. We're running out of time, but we got to do our usual cover Arch of our Madness. M- Arch Madness as it comes closer, and the Missouri Valley Conference, our usual, where we love to talk about them. We're going to just do that, and there's been some changes in there's in the hierarchy of this Missouri Valley Conference.
1: Absolutely, and I think the big one, huge game between Northern Iowa and Loyola Chicago went to overtime. We knew this was going to be the big game of the week for this conference. Northern Iowa falters in overtime. Gives up a chance for teams like Bradley and Loyola themselves to get into legitimate contention. This was big, and not only that, it drops Northern Iowa, which would have been top 25 this week. Northern Iowa is prevented from being in the top 25 right now. Loyola continues to fight for Sister Jean. Bradley trying to make consecutive tournament entrances. And Evansville still sucks after beating Kentucky.
0: Yes, (laughs) They still have not won a game. They're on a 14-game losing streak, I hope you know. Owie!
1: That.
0: Yeah, but Loyola, they've been hot lately. They're moving up. They just ended up, which is a huge win against Northern Iowa. I mean, it was in Loyola where Sister Jean probably prayed and made sure that the, Loyola would, the Ramblers would win this game. But well, <laughs> But Southern Illinois, moving from them, I don't, I don't think you mentioned them. They're on a two-game losing streak.
1: Yeah, there I was, didn't mention them because they, they're, they're – not worth yeah, there mentioning. were a lot.
0: There were lots of hopes up for them. They were looking like they might be able to uh, make a run in this Arch Madness, but two-game losing streak kind of takes it away from things. They're only, they're three and eight away, along with Bradley, who's three and seven in away games. So when and if they go to March Arch Madness, excuse me, I almost said March Madness. Arch Madness can't, can't. I know. I know Missouri Valley doesn't get much credit. So probably not. Not many of these teams are gonna make it. But to I mean. I mean, it's great to see that Northern Iowa will make it. So if if, if we're gonna go to overall to at looking at the Arch Madness, if the team, if any of these teams look to make it, I mean, Northern Iowa has secured a spot in March Madness. with an M, they they have the way that they've been playing, they're definitely gonna be getting a six, seven, eight seed. Oh no! No, you have no. them lower.
1: Uh, I don't have them lower. Everybody else. Everyone does. has them Some lower. Some have them at 11, 10, 12.
0: I mean, they're getting the votes right now, so as long as they're getting the votes in the AP poll, they, they have a chance at getting a higher seed, in my opinion. That would mean maybe the first time that we get two teams in March Madness, in God knows what.
1: From Arch Man- Two teams in March Madness from Arch Madness. <laughs> I think for the first time since Wichita State was in this conference. Yeah. I, I want to see a Loyola-Northern Iowa duo in, in, in March Madness.
0: Personally, yes. Even if Loyola doesn't make it, there's still a chance that Southern Illinois, Bradley can make it. Maybe even throw Drake into the mix. And in my opinion, i got to be an Illinois State fan. like I, There's not much hope, and I really— No, there, there, is, there's, there's no there, hope. There's no hope. No, thank you for no, that one. But You're
1: welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, there, there's Arizona none. Teams,
0: but you never know. I have a know. chance to make it, but as with March Madness usually goes, you never know. I mean, Bradley pulled it off last year, so— Bradley might be able to do it again. They're right where they were, as we say every time. They're 9 and five, fourth in conference on a three-game winning streak. They're hot, and this is the right time to be hot, as the season, I believe, or at least conference-wise, is slowly but surely coming to an end.
1: They got four games left as Bradley.
0: Four games left before the big arch madness. I'm already seeing ads for it, so I'm getting hyped for it. Me too. (laughs) Might have to go down there, see one of the games, if I have a chance to. Nice. We'll we'll see how things are going down there. (laughs) But... Oh well, well. That's long any, week. Yeah, very long week for me. Long weekend. Yeah. Long long weekend for me, as I as you could tell, I am sick. But
1: poor Ethan. <laughs> Moment of silence for Ethan. Gracias. There you go. <laughs>
0: but oh, thank you. But
1: we have our own cheering section in here, by the way.
0: Yes, but oh, overall, we've reached our time limit. I actually, went over this time, but. Uh oh. <laughs> we, we it was another great podcast of. Yes.
1: We, you know, as one of our guys asked, when do you not go overtime? That, the answer would be never, <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah,
0: but this is going to conclude our ninth episode of Just Talking About Sports. Uh, it's been a great, great job. We continue this. Can't wait to do it next week. But we might actually be doing a special episode, and we're going to be debuting our new logo that I, actually I've been working on. So and can't I look
1: really bad in it.
0: Oh, come on.
1: We'll we'll make ourselves look more
0: professional, but stay tuned for that. We'll, We'll be covering more March Madness. We'll debut our logo, and other than that, I hope everyone has a great night, and we'll see you guys next week.
1: Later.